Welcome to AUCD Network Narratives, where we share real stories from our members. I'm your host, J.D. Flores, Advocacy Specialist at the Strong Center for Developmental Disabilities and the co-chair for the Council on Leadership and Advocacy. Join us as we hear from inspiring leaders within our network working to make a change. Today, we are here with Maribel Hernandez, who works at the Mind Institute in a very important role, providing resources to families and ensuring that resources are culturally and linguistically appropriate. She is also a parent of two autistic young adults. Good afternoon, and thanks for the invitation. As you hear, my name is Maribel Hernandez, and I born in Mexico, and I moved to the United States 26 years ago. I have two kids. My son, Max, is almost 21. My son, Chris, is 19 years old. They're both on the spectrum. And thanks to that, I start to learn about disability and services and all this new world and new language that is not the English, but the language of the special needs. About me, I can share that 17 years ago, I had my first job opportunity as a translator for the California Regional Center. At the same time, I started as a peer parent for the local family resource center, that's Warmline. And nine years ago, I joined the SET at the Mine Institute to provide resources, information, and support to the Spanish-speaking families. And today, like I say, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So what would you say for you as you were navigating this world of service in this new language? What would you say was one of the hardest things you had to figure out? For me, the most important thing is that you learn to live with the disability. So this is your new reality and you need to adjust. I think it's very important to look at the resources. I love the support groups. I know there's a lot of questions about this, but I learn from my support group. I'm being attending my support group for 18 years and I know that's a place that we can learn because especially us as Hispanics, we learn when we talk and we love to talk. I mean, we all know we are on this world of disability and we know how hard is to find services, how hard is to understand behaviors, how hard is to just day by day. It's hard. As I hear you talk about this and all the work that you put in so that families can be successful as they receive services, what is something that you wish if you had a magical wand, you would change? For me, that will be magic if we have a program for the families who they receive a diagnosis. We can introduce the information step by step because they receive a diagnosis and they start to look to Google to get information all over the place and create more confusion and create anxiety. So if they have, and I know that this being existing because that's what I receive. I receive a book for parents and happen that I read it, you know, <laughs> and I think it's important to start there with the early intervention bucket that they give you. And they say, this is a process. This is how you do. This is what happened when they turn three. I think, but like I say, we like to talk. We like to share. We like, and I think it's important to have this space 
for the families to have the opportunity to share their ideas and listen the ideas and the experience of other families on how they live this. Because coming from uh, this program, you know, the peer parent, I think that's a wonderful thing because that's parent to parent because there's a lot of information, but that's from the professional to the family. And I think that's where is the gap because when you turn into a professional, you assume that all the people have the same information. And it's not true. We forget who we are talking with. I think it's very important to um, keep on our heads that these are new families, that they never hear about OT, they never hear PT, they never hear IEP, they never hear all these acronyms that we use. This is how you make a complaint. Wait a minute, this is, you know, run. I think we need to go to the bases and start to help the families to crawl and then walk and then probably run. That will be the perfect scenario for me. That will be the way to go with the families. And especially with these days, with all this media and all these resources that we have, it's important for the families who already have some knowledge. But for the families that they don't have that knowledge, they need this you can call it training or introduction. So as your journey as a parent and as you push forward and, and you've worked within your community, how have you empowered your sons to be, you know, themselves? You said happiness was really important, which I love that you said that because not a lot of people really think about that when they think about people with disabilities. It's more so I got to get them the services that they need. I got to get them to where they want to go. And it's like you got a task list, right? And you're just checking off all the boxes, but you mentioned happiness, which isn't always something that people are even thinking about. They're more so we got to get them in the school. We got to get them in the works. We got to get them to live in an own apartment, but you mentioned happiness. So how is it that you've empowered your sons and, and what has that journey been like for you and them as y'all have grown together? I just love my boys. They changed my life. They give me a job, a two full time <laughs> job. So but I always believe to do something for somebody else. First, you need to do it and you need to be happy. If you have the family, the other people to be happy, first, you need to be happy. This wasn't easy. We worked so hard. We didn't have, you know, a culture. We have the quinceañeras and we have the birthday parties and we have that. We missed that for seven years. We were, our compromise was with the therapy I think the fact that to see the progress and have a wonderful team working with them and seeing, because, you know, when I received the diagnosis, I was like, okay, it was always in my head. I don't care if they don't learn how to read. I don't care. I just want them to be happy. And they have to go to the school because there is too many people who go to the school and they don't have to know. They don't learn to do math. They learn to be social person to explore the world. I just want them to be, what I can do now is to be happy. What they, what I have is to help them to have a nice life. So we work so hard with them and finding the things that they like and they will work for. And now it's a little bit, I think for me, it's a little bit harder because, you know, Max is in that age that he's supposed to have a girlfriend and he's supposed to have friends 
and he's supposed to have all this social part that he has some part at the work. So he he just expressed this morning, you know, I'm I'm happy to go and say hi to more than 50 persons. I'm like, wonderful. That's what I want to see. But he doesn't have the friend. Anytime that there is opportunity or an activity on the community, I say, okay, Max, they have in this presentation, they have in this game. Do you want to be part of? And he's like, no, mom, thank you. Oh, yes, mom, I will. So I present the options to him and he decides what he wants and he doesn't want. And I'm always ensured, you know, to be there for him. I spend a lot of time for him. Because, you know, I'm so afraid that he can get depressed or he can get anxious because this, uh, you know, the social part is not there. So we have our day to watch a movie. We walk together. uh, We go out to just just Max and and me have dinner because Chris has more challenges. So uh, this is only a space for me and Max. And just take the opportunities, you know, if there's something in the community and he wants to be part of that, I just let him go. What does fun look like in your family? What does fun look like in your community now as COVID has changed things? Uh, You know, with this COVID time and Max did a presentation for uh, the IUCD when we just started with this and he, he wasn't working yet. He was here at house with me the whole time. And he said, this is the best time of my life because I used to be by myself and my dogs. And now I'm with my brother and my mom. So for him, the the COVID was fantastic. (laughs) And for Chris, it's like, okay, Chris, what is the first place that you're going, you know, when all this happened? And he's, okay, uh, the first time I'm going, it is my room. So <laughs> they're happy at home going out and do something like this weekend. We went camping, always take them out. Chris take too long to get on an airplane, like 16 years, 17 years to take on an airplane because he was on panic. And I respect that. Like we went camping and there's frogs and I know how he feels about that. So I have, I take all the precautions not to take the risk that he is going to see the frog. And probably this is not the real life, you know. That's something that I can do for him. He is working so hard every day on his life. And now he's 19 years old. And I understand that there's things that he's not going to be able to tolerate because he has autism. Remember, he has a disability. So I need to respect how he feels. And if, you know, for me, that I don't have autism, uh, see a frog is like, I just can't imagine how my son feels with that. So I'm very respectful on how he feels and I'm very protective on all the things that I can put on the side. So just going out and adventure outdoors for him is hard, but we never stop doing that. We always push in for, we have to do it. Let's try once you try and something really bad happened, then we can adjust for the next time. But guess what? We need to try again. As you look to the future and you look at all that you've done thus far in your career, what is something that you wish you can stamp so that you can be sure that the work that you do doesn't end with you? 
I don't really start to do all this, you know, looking for, oh, Maribel, you're doing this or that. I love to collaborate. I love to be part of the things that are good for my community. And at mine, we, and I entered in 2013 and 2014, we started with this, let's talk, vamos a platicar. But that time it was two volunteers two mothers with kids with a disability. And we start to put together all this information and say, okay, what do you think you need? Uh, you will like to know when you start with this diagnosis. So we create this Let's Talk and we put six presentations together. So we start at the presenters. There's people at the Mine Institute who speak Spanish. So they can modify the information and they can present it. What we want is to this information to be present to the families. But this last time, now that we are in Zoom, I take all these moms that they, at some point, they were part of this Let's Talk and they empower themselves and they can share. So this last time, out of six presentations, five presentations were presented for mothers. And that's what I want to see, more peer parents more parents having this idea that we can do it. Yes, we can do it. That was amazing. I was so happy when I when I see that I have in six presentations, five moms presenting for the community about how to have to you know to live with a diagnosis. I think that that's what I want. And when the parents say to me, Maribel, thank you. And I'm like, best way to say thank you to me is to do something for your child. Thank you. I think that that was great. Thank you so much for the work that you've done. And thank you for your stories. And, you know, shout out to your sons for all that they are and all that they will be. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation again. Thank you for tuning in to AUCD Network Narratives. If this story has inspired you to make a change at your center or program, use the link in our show notes for resources and tools to help you lead on. We'd love to connect with you. So visit the AUCD website and click on the submit your story button at the top. We hope to hear from you soon.